culture, society, on every street and around every bend lies a world positively overflowing with both. But sometimes we can all use a night in, removed from the endless spiral of chaos and absolute nonsense that waits outside our doors. And for those nights, there's Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop local stores and compare prices on the biggest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get your favorite drinks delivered to your door in under 60 minutes. All from the comfort of your couch. Because society is great, but it doesn't have your couch. And it's windy out. And you forgot your jacket. And oh my god, would you look at the line at that place? Are you serious? I... (sighs) So download the Drizzly app, or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your sassy source for lifestyle advice, wellness tips, and pop culture dish. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and holistic hustler here to help you get your shit together and laugh through all the chaos of life in your 20s. If you're not doing so already, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach all over the internet, all over the social sphere. Um, I have lots of really fun. Well, actually, I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna bullshit you. My Instagram has been, or my social media has been a little quiet this week. It's been, it's been a week. Um, it's been a week because of all this like Heather Chadwell bullshit, which I addressed on the previous episode, and I don't really care to address it anymore. But now she's apparently doing like a a truth video that's gonna reveal all. Dun dun dun. I'm like, who the fuck? What are you, Chris Harrison? Like, calm down. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um. But today I figured, so I figured we're going to start breaking down the shows a little because like every episode is kind of something new and it's like potpourri, what are you going to get today? But I figured what we should do is start to add a little more structure to like what we had with the show prior to going into quarantine. So Mondays are going to be pop culture breakdown. So we'll have all of our news stories, all of our juiciest tea from the weekend. Wednesdays will continue to be unfiltered interviews. And then Fridays, I want to do recaps. So since today... I mean, I know this episode isn't coming out on Friday. It's actually coming out on Saturday, and I do apologize for that. I had to take a little break from social media and kind of just, like, get away. The last couple of days, I've just been a little funky and just, like, Um, it's been, yeah, it's been a little bit of a bleh, but I got up early today. I like, you know, got my body moving today and I feel a little better and I feel like in a much better headspace and a much better emotional space. Um, so I figured I would do the episode that was supposed to come out yesterday. I would do it today. And again, apologies. Moving forward, Mondays will be pop culture breakdowns, Wednesdays will be unfiltered interviews, and then Fridays will be um, recaps of Housewives and Bravo shows. Today, we're going to do a recap of New Jersey. Sorry, fuck that. We're not going to do New Jersey because it's not out right now, um, even though Joe Judice's sex toys seem to be a vibe and they're like popping right now. So you go, Joe. Um, we will be breaking down Real Housewives of New York and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Those two we will be breaking down today. If there are others that you want me to add, let me know. Slide into my DMs. Tell me. But for this week, it's jer- it's New York and Beverly Hills. So let's start with let's start with Beverly Hills because that one came out before. So this week's Beverly Hills, we had Teddy. It was all in, but Teddy Mellencamp. We went out to I believe it was Laguna Beach. She had the the um 
the hotel rented and she was doing her little retreat with all her girls. And I was like, yes, Teddy, you do you. I really didn't see the need to even really feature. I think she thought that featuring this would like make it a bigger thing on the show. And she wanted the promotion and she wanted to look like her business is popping, which it is good for you. You do you girl. Um, but like it, the drama around it, like I think she wanted to make it a part of the show, but she didn't want there to be drama around it. She didn't want to bring that negativity to her business on the show, but of course leave it to the girls to cause drama her, Regardless, um, I feel like I was right about Sutton getting the bad edit this season. I feel like where they're making her look just like a little cuckoo magoo, which we saw in some of the previous episodes. And what I like is that I think she may have caught on to all of the friction that was happening with the girls. And like Sutton's a smart woman. She's a businesswoman. Well, I mean, I guess that's TBD. She got her money from her ex. So I don't know if she's really that smart of a businesswoman. She just has money to keep her businesses alive. Uh, but I was right. She is getting the bad edit. I called it. I foresee much more episodes of Sutton just looking weird and crazy and pissing off the girls. And it's going to be a lot worse than what we've seen already. And that's how they're going to end up writing her out. However, my defense of Sutton, I don't love her, but my defense of Sutton to play devil's advocate is I think she actually did a really good job by still going to the to Teddy's retreat this week because she like she wants to make sure she's in it with that job security and job security is aiming is um, is making sure that she has good solid relationships with the girls have enough friction to make sure there's drama but make sure you patch things up so that there isn't enough drama to where you're isolated and put on an island like we've seen with like brandy glanville or adrian malouf where like they were just so far isolated from the cast that like they didn't fit into the storyline anymore and they were just completely axed so i think Sutton is trying to play it smart we'll see how this goes again i foresee her getting many other bad edits but i think right now she like well I guess going into the season, she believed she had a diamond, but I want to see how she really does outside of this season to see if she's still aiming for that diamond or she's going to be pissed with the way that they edit her and is like Dunzo's. Um, let's jump over to, do we want to talk about Kyle or do we want to talk about Denise or do you, let's start with Dorit. Okay. Let's talk about Dorit because I feel like her even going to this retreat, like I get it. It was a, like it was a filmed event. She probably technically didn't have to show up to it. Um, so my thing is like, like just don't show up. She had such a bad attitude and she just looked like she was so over it. She was complaining about not wanting to do anything. She was complaining about um, having to drive 40 minutes to get to Teddy's retreat. And I'm just like, first of all, like it's Los Angeles. Okay. You're going to have to drive 40 minutes to get anywhere in Los Angeles, even if it's four miles away. Like that's just the reality of it. Traffic it comes with the territory and like you're going to be like 45 minutes is actually a good, it's a good day if you only have to drive 45 minutes to get to somewhere. I mean, in quarantine right now, if you drive, you're going to get there in like 10, 15 minutes. And that's like, whoa, unheard of. But I feel like right now, Dorit like needs to take a chill pill because that wasn't that big of a deal. And did she even drive or did somebody drive her? I feel like production would have definitely paid to have her driven out there. I don't remember if she was driven out there or not, but it wasn't that big of a deal. You can do like your, your Instagram in the car ride over, like calm down. I Uber everywhere. I do all my shit in the backseat. Like, let's be real, Doreen. It's not that dramatic. I did, like, my whole thing was, like, just don't even show up if you're going to be, like, a sourpuss about it, if you're not going to participate. Like, at least the other girl showed up and they did the boxing. I think they should have done the meditation because I feel like they all needed the meditation more than they needed the boxing. Like, that's that's what they needed was to chill the fuck out. And they clearly were not doing that, but they should have. Um... 
Let's see. What else? Yeah, she definitely needed uh, the meditation. She, I think she, if she was going to go and show up, she needed to be a much better sport about it. Because like my comments about Sutton earlier, like, Dorit, this is your J-O-B. This is your job. I get it. You have a life outside of it. You're going to make $500 on an Instagram post. Like, good for you, girl. You do you. But like, this is your bread and butter. You need to stay on this show. You need to like... I don't know. I just, I had really, I love Dorit, but I did not love her this episode. I thought she was annoying. I thought she was um, pissy. I thought she was bratty. I don't think her outfit even looked that good. Her, you know, uh, workout Barbie look wasn't even that great. And it wasn't worth the glam. And she could have shown up and still looked good without even needing all that extra glam. Um, okay. Who do we want to talk about next? Rinna? Yeah, let's go. Okay. So let's go into Denise's dinner. Because I guess that wraps up. Teddy's retreat. Teddy's retreat was a little uneventful for me. I'm sure if you were there and you paid for it, it felt very well worth the money. But it wasn't that. It wasn't anything that exciting, to be honest. Um, okay, so let's go to Denise. Denise is hosting a dinner party. Denise doesn't normally host dinner parties, but I love how she's like, "I'm gonna rent. I'm gonna get a caterer. I'm gonna have a dinner party for these girls, but I'm still gonna hire a caterer, and we're gonna have a a, a Sunday bar so that they can make ice cream Sundays. But we're gonna have this ginormous." One, this full, beautiful bar with, like, Casamigos pimped out all over it. Casamigos and Tito's clearly sponsored that. Um, But then she also has this giant diamond and then the diamond ice, the diamond-shaped ice in all the glasses. I'm like, you can't be like, I'm going to do a modest backyard dinner for my girls. Like, then have a fucking barbecue. Like, didn't somebody have... Oh, yeah, we did have a barbecue. That was, like, an over-the-top barbecue. Whose barbecue was that in the really nice big house? I can't remember. It was was Erica's first season because I remember she showed up in her jeans and she's like... Why are we not wearing jeans to a backyard? Oh, it was Kyle's house. That's who it was. And so Denise is now starting to get into that va-va-va glam vibe, which fine, cool, you do you, Denise, but like, don't try to make it seem like you're being all modest and you're going to wear jeans and combat boots and then you have full glam makeup and full glam hair and like your outfit doesn't even match the vibe and it's still, I mean, I'm not going to lie, Kyle's comment about her being a little ragamuffin, like she was a little ragamuffin, like let's be real, like the, the it didn't match, it wasn't a full vibe, like it was like a half a vibe, but like it was only from like the, the chin up that it was a vibe and from the bottom bottom down it was like a what is this vibe I was not into it at all but I thought it was you know the setup was cute it was nice um it looked a little low budget I feel like that's really fucked up to say but I know she has the budget but I mean I feel like if you're gonna do the whole bar and you're gonna get a giant ice sculpture of ice and like you can invest in a little bit more of a presentation than just you know the table I mean maybe we didn't see much of it but it looked like Casamigos was like, hey, Denise, or they came to her agent or her pub- or, um, her manager and they're like, hey, we know Denise loves Casamigos. We're going to set up a whole Casamigos bar if she's willing to host a dinner and, you know, we'll sponsor it and we'll make, sh- you know, just we'll even pay for all the the um, ice sculptures. I think this was like a sponsored thing and they their commitment was like, you know. 20% to host that party and they expected her to do a little more and she like didn't do anything but get her hair blown out. Now, when it comes to dinner and everybody putting Kyle in the hot seat, or actually, yeah, everybody putting Kyle in the hot seat, there was clearly some tension between Kyle and Dorit. I get that. I mean, they're, they were fighting at Teddy's thing and like they haven't resolved anything. Sure. Okay. I did think Dorit had a really good point about um, Kyle really being close to Teddy. Like we know that they're close and I feel like Kyle just needs to own that like Teddy's her girlfriend right now, like, or not like lesbian girlfriend. Cause I know that they, I, I feel like those comments about them sleeping together and all of that stuff. I feel like those were probably jokes that were a little cheeky that were edited to make it look like they were a little more serious than they actually were. Um, I don't believe Dorit really thinks that Kyle 
and Teddy are like having some sort of lesbian affair, especially with their husbands at the table. Like, come on, that was not a serious accusation. I think that was a little like cheeky, like the ball gag joke and the, you know, when she was giving Camille shit when she was drunk at the last dinner party that they were all together at. But I think Kyle's very loyal to Teddy and it's it's obvious like everybody's gonna have their BFF everyone's gonna have their go-to everyone's gonna have like that one person that they're like you know thickest thieves with on you know regardless of the situation if you're in a big group of friends like there's gonna be somebody that you connect with a little more than others and I think right now it's Teddy and Kyle they're definitely vibing and what Kyle forgets is that like when she's really close to somebody she is a little more loyal to them than she is to anybody else in the group and like we look at the example with Lisa Vanderpump which she brought up she said that oh you know well did Dorit forget that I started to Lisa Vanderpump for her but it's like yeah but how many years did that take for you to actually really put your foot down with Lisa you kind of like let Lisa get away with so much and you were always trying to eat Lisa's asshole and you were always trying to make sure you were you know living up to Lisa's approval like it was a very codependent relationship Kyle that like let's not pretend that it wasn't and like you were you know so noble and standing up to Lisa like you wanted out of that friendship you wanted to stop giving her letting her cop out of all of these things like you wanted to hold her accountable for once and you use Dorit as like the passageway to get there. So you can't say that like, oh, you were just standing up for Dorit because what Lisa did was wrong when Lisa's been doing shit like this for years and like you've never really held her accountable until now. So let's be real, Kyle. Dorit definitely called you out. You deserved to be called out. And I was really surprised that Teddy didn't even jump in and say anything because I feel like Kyle would always jump in to, to, to defend Teddy. And the fact that Teddy didn't do the same thing says a lot. I don't know what it says just yet, but it says a lot. Um, what else? Oh, and then there was Kyle versus Rinna. Now, I also kind of see both sides of this where, you know, Rinna jumps or where Kyle's like, oh, you know, I would stand up for all of my girlfriends. I would even stand up for Rinna. And then Rinna's like, mm, not really. You wouldn't really stand up for me because, like, you never stood up for, you never were on my side when it came to your sister. Now, I get what Rinna's saying because Kyle can't make a statement like that. If that is true, she has picked Kim's side more than she's picked Lisa Rinna's side on several occasions. And I think the only reason she's even still friends with Lisa Rinna after all of the Kim stuff is because Kim or because Rinna is on the show and like they have to be friends like they have to have some sort of social interaction or else there wouldn't be a show so I don't think that Kyle really cares to would care to continue much of a relationship with Rinna as in depth as it actually is if it weren't for the show I think she would have totally picked Kim's side but it's like also at the same time Rena, like you can't really expect Kyle to not pick Kim's side because that is her sister and we've seen that in the past she doesn't always pick she doesn't always take Kim's side but like in that case versus Rena, she did and like you know blood is thicker than you know vodka chilled on diamond shaped ice like it's just that's just what it is like you're all you should always choose your sister over you know the woman that's attacking your sister's sobriety like Rena was a little out of line with some of the things that she was saying about Lisa about Kim even though some of them were a little true but I feel like I don't know I can look at both sides of that and I just feel like that wasn't a fair top that wasn't a fair table topic to bring up and to you know drop out for everybody to kind of have an opinion on I think Denise was right in trying to like diffuse the situation because it was her house it was her dinner party and she should be the one to kind of like take control of the table so for Kyle to tell her to shut the fuck up I was like girl you shut the fuck up because you're a little in the wrong here like everything that everybody's saying is basically right and you're basically wrong and like you put your foot into this one so yeah um, and closing thoughts about Beverly Hills, Denise did look like a ragamuffin. I'm sorry, she did. And that's just, that's, that's my take and I'm sticking to it. 
All right, let's give you over to New York. Jacques is back, and um, his hair looks like he is also in quarantine. His hair looks like my hair, and it is a mess. I don't understand why, like, why this man doesn't own a brush. I mean, it's very obvious in his little sit-down lunch with Luann that they clearly have the same haircut. His is just the non-brushed-out version, and hers is the clearly blow-dried version. But it's like, Jacques, like, get a comb. Like, get a little hairspray. Like, something. It looks like he just rolled out of Luann's bed. It looks like he fucked the pirate. I'm loving, um, shit, what's her name? Leah. Yeah, I'm really loving Leah. I love Leah this season. I think she is bringing, um, sorry, I just, in my notes, I said I can, I can do without Leah, but I didn't mean Leah. I meant Elise, and we'll get to Elise in a minute, because I'm really not liking Elise. But I love Leah. I love, I, yeah, I love Leah. I love that we see, like, a vulnerable side to her. I loved her little FaceTime talking about dating again. I'm like, yes, Leah, you should absolutely go out and date again. Um, I think we need to cut back when you're drinking just a little bit, because you're getting a little crazy. I don't know, I don't know how your daughter's going to feel about that, and I don't know how your family's going to feel about that, being that this is like your first season and you haven't been drinking in like years that like for you to jump right in and get all crazy and naked on camera like mm, I don't know how I feel about that but I love Leah this season I think she's definitely going to be somewhat of an anchor like we had Ryan Bailey on a few weeks ago and he was talking about how like the show needs an emotional anchor and I actually think um, that Leah can actually do that and she can bring something to the show that kind of hopefully balances everybody out. And I think we sort of saw that with her her trying to diffuse Dorinda and help her and Tinsley kind of mend or at least have some sort of conversation. And I think, like, that's fair. You do need her in that situation because I feel like, Ram- uh, not Ramona, Dorinda is a bit of a bully and she comes off a little strong and Tinsley's a little bit like, it's like a pit, like, Dorinda is the pit bull and Tinsley is the chihuahua. And, like, it's not a fair match. And so when the pit bull is barking at the chihuahua, the chihuahua just, like, sits there and shakes and it's like it's not a cute vibe so you need somebody you need a trainer that's going to be in the middle of them that's going to help like diffuse it and give the chihuahua a chance to bark and to bark a little louder than i mean the reality is the chihuahua is never going to bark louder than the pit bull but you need someone to at least shut the pit bull up so that the the chihuahua can be heard and that's kind of how i feel like dorinda and tinsley's relationship is i don't fully understand what the issue even is i feel like dorinda's blowing this out of proportion but i feel like leah definitely can do that and i feel like the fact or depending on how well it goes when leah jumps in to do that and when we see that mediation will determine how well she can continue to you know stabilize the group because we definitely need somebody to stabilize them. I just feel like it's hard. I, it was interesting that Ramona picked Leah to do that. Or sorry, that Dorinda picked Leah to do that. When Dorinda, I just feel like, wants to... Her ego's in the way and she wants to like prove that she's the big dog. And so she... I don't even understand why she wants to give Leah a chance to be the mediator when it doesn't even look like she wants to allow that to actually happen. Unless she thinks that Leah's going to be on her side. I don't know. Um... Let's see. Sonia. Sonia's on a juice cleanse. I think, I don't think Sonia looks fat, but she looks puffy. And I'm thinking like maybe it's like a thyroid issue. Like something is going on with Sonia. Like I, Sonia looks like how I look like when I've had too many, too much alcohol and sugar. And then the next morning I wake up and I'm like puffy, bloated and like wildly hungover. Like that's what Sonia looks like, but like always. But I don't think that she's like gaining weight for the sake of gaining weight. And I don't think a juice cleanse, juice cleanse is actually going to do anything for her. I think if anything, she's having a, an issue with her hormones and the more that she fasts, the more her stress hormones are going to spike. And the more this is just going to have the opposite effect. And I don't, yeah, I think she needs to like, like go on like a, not a, a fast, but like an actual, like 
do some blood testing, get her thyroid checked, see how her hormones are doing, how her levels are, and try to get that back into balance because I think she's not looking she's not looking so good. And you can just tell she doesn't feel good. Like she feels puffy. She feels like you know she feels like she's about to to like pop. Like Veruca in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory when she ate the blueberry and she puffed up. Oh no, that was Violet, sorry. Like Violet in Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, and she ate the blueberry, and she turned blue, and she got all big and round like a like a like a blueberry, like a blueberry. I can get rid of Elise. I don't like Elise. I don't know who Elise is. Like, who is Adrian Balouf in this world anyway? That's how I feel about Elise right now. I don't know why we're even trying. Like, they these friend ofs that they keep trying to cast. Like Barbara last season was terrible. Like, and Barbara feels like she was four seasons ago, but like. She was terrible and she needed to go. And I feel like Elise is very similar. Like Elise doesn't have a strong voice. I thought when Luann was starting to like contemplate drinking again and Elise like inserted herself into the situation. Like, who are you? Like, what are you even trying to do here? Like you're going to go up against the big dogs and like you clearly have no real read on this situation. And like, I agree with, with Dorinda in this situation that like, I don't think Luann is an alcoholic. I don't think Luann has a drinking problem. I think Luann had a problem and drank a lot and was trying to, cope and use drinking as a way to cope but I don't think she actually has a drinking problem I think she just had a really bad night got caught was stupid and like granted she like married this dude and divorced this dude and he was cheating on her and like it was like a very stressful situation for her to go through and I get why she was going a little crazy not to excuse it but just to understand it like I understand why she got so fucked up and then ended up in the back of a cop car and like I'm not I don't think it was her proudest moment, but I don't think she had a drinking problem. I don't think she has a drinking problem. I don't think she is an alcoholic. And like, I think if anything, like, yeah, ease yourself back into it. Do it like Jacques said, have one drink once in a while, occasionally, like don't get bombed right away. But like, you know, tread lightly, go easy. But I think Elise needs to like sit back down. Um, And I feel like that whole event that Luann put on was very bizarre. Like it was like a comedy show, but like for charity, but they but it was like a podcast taping at the same time. It was just really weird and strange. And I feel like when Sonia was saying that like the room was clearly dead and nobody was really laughing, I feel like it's because people came to that event because they wanted, they thought it was going to be a countess and friends. They, they came for Luann and it was, it didn't look like Luann was even really in the show that much. And I feel like people are there because they want to hear housewife stories. They want to hear her poke fun at the girls. They want to hear her talk about stories and like answer questions about the show and like all of that stuff like they're there for Luann they're not there for like the comedy show and the podcast taping didn't even seem like it was much of a taping other than to introduce all the different comedy acts and like let's be real Jacques was not a great like he did not look like he I mean if there was anybody that's if there is anybody that's listening to it that was actually at that event and has a different take because they knew what was really going on and this was just like bad editing fine let me know because I would like to know. But I just feel like Jacques being added in, it felt like a cheap shot to like get people's attention. It's like when when a store has a bag of tortilla chips and it has like this big, you know, um, this big like uh, sticker on it that says gluten free. It's like, well, tortilla chips are naturally gluten free. Like putting gluten free on it, like is just like it's a cheap sell. So to put Jacques on the bill was a cheap sell. He was a terror. He does not look like he's a great comedian. You can't understand a single word that's coming out of his mouth. And I don't think, I don't know. 
I don't think he's all that great. And I don't think he's all that hot. And I think Luann definitely fucked the pirate. But to my earlier point that I was making, I don't, I think the show, the event itself didn't seem to do well because people weren't there for a comedy show. And people unfortunately weren't there for the charity. People were there for Luann and people were there for the housewives. And I think even the, the women, Dorinda, Sonia, Ramona, I think they were even bored because they were also there for themselves. Like they were there to be the show. They were there to be asked for photos and they were there to be made fun of so that they can have, you know, a talking point later on in the season. Like they wanted to be the center of attention. And I don't think any of the housewives were the center of attention in any of this event. Like it just seemed to like give other people a platform to like do their comedy, which was great. I think, you know, that's great. Like, definitely use your platform for that. But again, like, if they're there, they're there to see the production. They're there to see a fight. They're there to see, you know, something because Housewives is what captivates them. And this is why I think Luann will never be like Eliza Minnelli. Like, Luann's never going to be a cabaret star, darling. Like, she just can't hold that. Like, people don't go to her show because they think it's going to be a great cabaret show. They go to her show because they like Housewives. And, like, that's that's the reality of it. Let's be real. Um, and I think Dorinda is a bit of a bully. And I think it's very apparent in the way that she talks to Tinsley. I thought it was a really interesting oxymoron or paradox to kind of see them, like, to see her talk about how she's not a bully and then for them to play the montage of how she is a bully and then for her to like really go in on on Tinsley and then for her to get mad at Leah about not allowing her to go in on Tinsley like Leah had a point in calling Dorinda intimidating because I think Dorinda can be intimidating because I think when Dorinda gets in your face she really gets in your face and it's a little different because like if it were Dorinda and Bethany that would be a fair fight but it's Dorinda and Tinsley and that's not a fair fight and I'm glad that Tinsley wants to be single again but I also thought it's obvious she loves Scott because she's dating a guy that's in Chicago and like she just looks desperate and it's 23 year old desperado and like I'm over it Tinsley. All right. That's this week's um, New York and Beverly Hills recap. I will be doing more of these on Fridays. Let me know if you like them. It'll be until quarantine. Maybe we'll keep it going after quarantine. I don't know. TBD. We'll see. Um, but this upcoming Monday, we have a news recap, a pop culture breakdown. And then on Wednesday, we're going to have another unfiltered interview. So get your ass ready for it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Love you. Long time. Thank you for listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me. You can always follow me at Just Plain Zach. And don't forget to follow our show at No Filter with Zach. Um, and I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot more of this Heather Chadwell, Lacey Skulls drama to come. It's funny. I've actually been watching old episodes of Rock of Love and seeing them fight on that show is really interesting because they're like fighting the same way now all of these um what 12 years later it's a vibe and i'm kind of here for it like a lot of you are um you can subscribe to my youtube channel where i'm uploading a lot of those clips youtube.com slash just plain zach and i'm just plain zach all over the internet and again if you want to keep up with the show follow at no filter with zach on the instagram don't forget to listen and subscribe to hashtag no filter with zach peter every monday wednesday and currently fridays on itunes spotify pandora iHeartRadio, stitcher google play we're all over the place so be sure to tune in and if you want to listen online you can always listen online at justplainzach.com slash no filter all right guys i'm gonna go i actually have a boy that i have to go text we'll see what happens all right i'll talk to you later bye Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.